This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm Kendra Brown. And I'm Douglas Brown. We've been married eight years, but we dated for five, so we've been together almost 15 years. Um, I worked at a you know, uh, community college, and I did security, and she was a professor, and I broke all the rules and talked to her, and <laughs> I'm staying now. When we first met, I walked by him one day, and he was reading his Bible, and I was like, oh, wow, he's reading his Bible, and then he saw me in the center, and he asked me, he said, are you a Christian? And I'm like, yes. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose again. I served him and I filled the Holy Spirit. And he said, oh, so you're a Christian for real, then, huh? <laughs> God blessed me to grow up in a Christian home. Both my parents are pastors. And my paternal grandmother, my father's mother, she learned how to read the Bible. That's how she learned how to read. And I had a heritage of watching them pray. When I was little, I remember we lived in the South Pacific, and my mom had a chair in the living room that was God's chair. So she would pray every morning, and we couldn't sit in God's chair. And I remember one time when I was six or seven, I came down the stairs, and it was like there was a cloud in the room. It was just the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And my mom said, when you welcome Jesus in, he comes. So it just is my life. It's what I've learned from birth. Well, I grew up in a non-Christian home. However, I had a praying mother. I always talked about God, talked about how prayer is important in your life. And growing up in an inner city was rough. So we needed, I needed somebody praying for me. And my mother prayed every day. And, you know, now I'm 39 years of age. And her prayers came too by having a good son and even a Christian son, someone that would follow and serve God. So I thank God for praying mother. Before we moved here, we spent time fasting and praying to make sure this was God telling us to move. Because my mother was saying, Kendra, that's not God. That does not sound like God. So Douglas and I had to really seek God and really pray because there were other places that we had offers. So spending time seeking God and just waiting for that peace was so important to us, especially when people who are in your life that mean the world to you are telling you it's not God. The only way you can really hear and know it's God is through prayer and just having that relationship with God where you know his voice. The more time you spend in prayer, the more you get to know God's voice. Learning how to pray together was a process for us because I just thought it came natural. You just get on your knees and pray. And with Douglas, that wasn't something that he was raised doing. And if you, he hates when I say this, but you know the movie Lean on Me about the bad high school? That's his high school. He graduated from that high school in Patterson, New Jersey. And so one thing I had to do is let him know. I had to and thank God for my parents. My father told me to drop your handkerchief. So I had to stop back and step back and give him the opportunity to um, lead us into prayer. And I had to make it safe. So if he said or did something that he didn't think was right, I acted like I didn't even notice it or didn't even say anything. I think being able to have a wife that I can be in a safe environment and talk about prayer and it is something that I'm insecure about, that she's there to encourage me. She's my cheerleader. And in, in at first being praying and getting my knees was kind of weird because I prayed when I ate, but that's about it. But again, to have a safe place to pray, someone to encourage me and to lift me up while I'm praying, I think that's the best thing that can ever happen to me. And I think that's why marriage is so strong now because we both have a commitment to prayer and we both uplift uplifting us while we pray. And it's a safe environment. 
when we first came to Lubbock, we went to Blank Church of Christ because we're at a Church of Christ institution. And I didn't like it. And then some things happened in the process, and Douglas found this church. So we came here, and everyone was just wonderful and awesome and nice. So we were, we loved it here, but we still wanted to make sure we are in God's will. So I visited another church. Douglas was convinced this was a place to go, so he wasn't going anyplace else. But then we came together, and we prayed, and just, just God laid, Douglas laid a fleece before God. He's like, Lord, if this is where we're supposed to be, then the pastor needs to preach about sin, preach against sin next Sunday. If not, we're going to have to find another church. And that Sunday, after praise and worship, Pastor Stormy got up and he said, this is going to make some of you uncomfortable, but I'm preaching against sin today. And Douglas leaned over and said, this is where we're supposed to be. So, so it's just using just what we've learned to do, using prayer, seeking and asking God where we're supposed to be. Because we've learned the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. And you can't know what God's will is for your life if you're not communicating with Him. Good morning. just want to start with a little bit of prayer. You know, that, that video there shows you two things. That if you were born in a house where you had parents that modeled prayer before you, awesome. That's great. I thank you that God will keep doing that and stirring you up to do it. But if you weren't... God will still honor you if you'll start praying right now, okay? And so we're in our series on, on GPS, and, and we've been talking about the vision of the church, but I believe this with all of my heart, and this is my personal opinion. But when you learn to give, to pray, and to serve, you will experience some of the greatest growing times in your life as a Christian. You know why I believe that? Because it burns up all the selfishness within you. Man, it'll torch it. And so that's our purpose and our goal here is to get this in you. If you need a Bible, raise your hand and go with me to Second Chronicles 36. Now, we're in our second week on prayer. We'll jump to servanthood in the next two weeks. Before we jump into prayer this morning, I just want to take time and honor the men of our church again. Man, I tell you, we've been up in Rio Dos on the mountain and got to experience the men of iron again. What a great time. Just a great time, and I know men are fired up. And after the Friday night session, after I spoke, a lot of our men who ushered, they were down there at the front, and it was just me and my brother, and I don't know how many of them were there. And It was just really wonderful talking to them all. And on the way back to the motel there, my brother looked at me, and he said, you got some good men in your church. And I said, man, I do. we got good men here. So I applaud you, men. Bless you. Glad you went. Appreciate it. All right. Well, let's get in the Word of God. I believe He's going to speak to our hearts today. You know, just this thought, how does God usually carry out His purposes here on earth? Well, the great reformer Martin Luther said this, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. God does nothing but in answer to prayer. Now, when I say that here, guys, my faith isn't in the power of prayer. My faith is in the God who we get the opportunity to pray to. And so let's stir up here a little bit and read this here. 2 Corinthians 36, verse 11. Let's start in verse 15. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by His messengers. You know, God still does that. God will send warnings to men and women right here. Still does that. Rising up early and sending them because He had compassion on His people 
and on His dwelling place. Now, God's a God of compassion. He loves us, every one of us in this room. But they, the people, mocked the messengers of God. They despised His words, and they scoffed at His prophets, or they scoffed. One translation says they treated them as idiots. It goes on to say, Until the wrath or the anger of the Lord arose against His people, Till there was no remedy. And so they cursed themselves. Verse 17. Therefore he brought out against them the kings of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with the sword in the house of their sanctuary, and had no compassion on young man or virgin, on the age or the weak, and he gave them all into his hand. And all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king of his leaders, and all these he took to Babylon. Now, I want you to highlight that word Babylon because in several passages this morning, you're going to see that come back up. Verse 19. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword, he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land enjoyed her Sabbath. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. And I say, what's all that stuff about? Well, because of the sin in their life, God allowed this, this king of Persia to come in here and overtake them and take everything they had. So he leads all these people away, these Jews, into exile into Babylon. And if you'll note there, it said, for 70 years. And if you'll note again there, he talked about some of the things that came out of the mouth of Jeremiah. Jeremiah was a prophet. I want you to go with me to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And let's just see what old Jeremiah had to say about this. Because this will begin to speak in our heart. And ultimately, it'll show me and you the significance of prayer. For every one of us, Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work toward you and cause you to return to this place. Now remember, that's what we just read there in 2 Chronicles. But 70 years, guys, literally represents a generation or a lifetime. And so some of these people, this was their lifetime, 70 years. And God says here, I'm going to perform my good word toward you. Praise God, He still does that. Verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Now this is what He prophesied through Jeremiah the prophet. Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Now, this gets my attention because we can go back and look and see what God prophesied through Jeremiah. And he said, my thoughts toward you are that a good, not evil, to give you a peace. But this always interests me that when God prophesied this over them, then why would they go and pray? Why would they need to petition God? 
Why would they need to ask God for the very things He's already promised? He's already prophesied. Here's the thought on that. In 2 Peter 3, 9, it says that God's desire is not for one person to perish. It's His desire for every one of us to go to heaven. Now, we hear His will there. He didn't want any of us in this room to go to hell. But yet, the only way that that happens where we spend eternity in heaven is we must receive or ask Jesus to come into our heart. So what he's talking about here is, yeah, he tells us his will for every one of us, and this is exactly what he did through the prophet of Jeremiah. But until that comes alive in us and real in us, I've got to ask him. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. Is it God's will to forgive every one of us? Absolutely. 1 John 1, 9 says He'll forgive every one of us if what? If we ask Him to. So once again, even though God may prophesy stuff to us through His prophets, and even though we may see His will in the Word, it never comes to pass until we start to pray. And so this is important that we see this, because every one of us in this room, He's got plans for you. But we've got to get in agreement with what he said and start praying. So he goes on to say in verse 13, And you will seek me, and you will find me, when you search for me with all of your heart. Now think about the word seek and search with all your heart. That means he wants everything within us. And when I read this, it's like he's telling us, the necessity and the significance of prayer. Now, we got to do it. And so he was stirring up Jeremiah, the prophet, to these people. And guess what? They were still in captivity in Babylon. They were still slaves there. Now, go with me to the book of Daniel, chapter number 9. And this will all begin to tie into this. And so you'll see through this passage of Scripture about the importance and significance for prayer in your life and my life. Prayer isn't a punishment. Prayer is a privilege. It's an honor to be able to come and hang out with God, the Creator of everything. Daniel 9, verse 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Hazarus, of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the book the numbers of the years specified how? By the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations or the ruins of Jerusalem. So we hear a lot of what we've read in, in Chronicles and then there again in Jeremiah. Now, this man named Daniel, he was a Hebrew boy. He was one that was living in exile in Babylon right now. This is taking place. And if you'll note there, he understood or he heard the word that Jeremiah had prophesied. This is what he's talking about. So when he heard the word that Jeremiah had prophesied about God, he didn't quit his job. He didn't book airfare and go on vacation. He didn't say, I'm out of here. 
But what he does here, once he heard the word of Jeremiah, he begins to pray. Now, hold your finger right there and back up just a couple pages to to Daniel 6. I want to show you just a little bit about this guy named Daniel, his background, okay? Daniel has been elevated to a position of leadership under this king named Darius that we just read about. King Darius loved Daniel. He loved Daniel, but some of the guys there in in this area of Babylon, they couldn't stand Daniel. So they set the king up, and they made a decree, and they said, King, if anyone worships anything other than you, we're going to throw them in the den of the lions. This is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. So Daniel knows the decrees written. Now, I just want to read one verse. Chapter 6, verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing or the decree was signed, get thrown in the lion's den, he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and he prayed and gave thanks before his God. Now, listen to this. As was his custom since the early days. You know what this shows me here? This dude knew how to pray. Good days, bad days, sad days, mad days, ugly days. It didn't matter how it was. He had disciplined himself to pray. And in this passage right here, he knew if he was caught praying to anybody other than this king, you're going to be thrown into the lion's den for a little afternoon snack. But if you'll note here, he didn't move him. Did you read what he did? He, He didn't go home and go into the back closet and pray. The dude opened up the curtains and knelt down before God and said, This is who I am. I pray. That's what we do as Christians. We pray. Now, I look at this, and this is what jumps out of me here. When it says he prayed three times a day. How many times do most of us eat a day? Usually at least three times. When do we eat? Morning, noon, and night, and sometimes in between morning and sometimes in between night. But think about this just a second. If we discipline ourselves to feed our natural man three hot meals a day, what about our spirit man? And I believe Daniel tapped into something, guys. He knew something. You know what he knew? The significance of prayer. So, that was just free. That's kind of a little aside excursion right there. Back to chapter 9, okay? Verse 3. Now look what he goes on and says here. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayers, supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Once again, he he had heard what Jeremiah prophesied. But yet, why would he go to these great extremes to fast, to pray, And any time they put sackcloth and ashes on, you know what that represents? That was some intensity, man. They were into it. But I believe Daniel knew right here, the only way this would be released, this prophecy would take place, if someone on earth would pray in cooperation and partnership with Father God. He knew this. And I believe this is one of the things the Word will teach us. God does something right here on earth when He can find people who will pray. In cooperation and partnership with Him. Keep reading. Verse 4. 
And I prayed to the Lord my God and I made confession and said, Oh Lord God, great and awesome God who keeps His covenant and mercy with who? Those who love Him and those who keep His commandments. We have sinned and committed iniquity. We have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgment. So you know what David or Daniel's doing right here? He realizes the reason they're in captivity is because their sin and their wickedness. And so he begins to confess their sin right here. And I, I look at this and I think, if Daniel knew their past sins and their present sins would keep them from receiving what God had for them, what about you and me? What keeps us from receiving what God has for us? The very same thing. Same chapter. Look with me in verse 13. It says, As it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not made our prayer before the Lord our God, that we may turn from our iniquities and understand your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept the disaster in mind, and he brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works which he does, though we have not obeyed his voice. Now, it almost sounds like God is the one doing this, but in actuality, the problem wasn't God. The problem was the people. And any time we get over into sin, it's as if it's a self-inflicted disaster stuff becomes on us. And a lot of times people start blaming God for that stuff. But when, when reality really says, it's me. And this is what he's teaching us here. He understands the portent of repentance. Verse uh, 14, 15. And now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and made yourself a name as it is this day, we have sinned. We have done wickedly. So Daniel, guys, he begins to take responsibility for his choices, his actions, even the whole nation. And I look here and I think, so why did he begin to pray and he begin to repent? Because Daniel knew this, that God would not bless people that live in blatant sin. And the reason that would be, because if He did bless us when we lived in blatant sin, He would be encouraging or endorsing our lifestyle. And God doesn't do that. Now listen, this Bible reads the same for me as it does for you. And I understand this in my own life, that I must take responsibility. And when I get over and sin, guys, I'm going to tell you, there's consequences that come with it. God doesn't want that to happen. And so He tells us what we've got to repent. We've got to turn. Verse 16. O Lord, according to all your righteousness, I pray, let your anger and your fury be turned away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. Once again, why? Because for our sins and for the iniquities of our father, Jerusalem, and your people are reproached to all those around us. Now, therefore, our God, hear the prayer of your servant. And I love that right there. Hear the prayer of your servant. Now, I'm not going to tell you to turn here. Write this verse down. In Ezekiel 22, verse 30, it said that God looked for a man that would stand in the gap. You know what God looks for? Men and women 
that will pray for other people. And this is where Daniel came up. He became a servant of the Lord because here's the thing, guys. When we don't pray, darkness starts increasing. And when we don't pray before long, darkness leads to destruction. And in this passage right here, Daniel understood that prayer was the match that lit the fuse that released the Holy Spirit to begin to work in the affairs of man. And he knew this was the servant of God. What a, what a word to have that said about you. And so he says, Now therefore the God, our God, hear the prayer of your servant in his supplication. And for the Lord's sake, cause your face to shine on your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations in the city which is called by your name. For we do not present our, our supplications before you because of our righteous deeds, but because of your great mercies. So Daniel understands it's a privilege to pray. He begins to, to repent. And he begins to call out to God. Daniel chapter 10. Turn there with me. I'm going to start here in just a second in verse 10, but let me tell you what's going on. In Daniel 10 verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of this king named Darius. Daniel's been praying, guys, for two years. When we first read in chapter 9, he said in the first two years this has been going on. In this passage, in verse 3, it says that Daniel began to fast and pray for 21 days. Why would Daniel fast and pray for 21 days? Because of the state of Jerusalem. Because the state of their home. Because the state of their life. Now, I say that to each one of us in here. Why would we begin to pray like that? What's the state of your home? What's the state of Lubbock? What's the state of America? And so the, the opportunity for everyone to pray, it's still here. It just is coming to this. Do we respond? Do we do that? Because prayer will change things. And James 4, 2 says, you have not because you ask not, okay? You can pray. Chapter 10, verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me. This is Daniel talking which made me tremble. And on my knees and on the palms of my hands. Now, you know who touches him? This is this angel. He has visitation from an angel. And as I read that, I always look and I say, so how did he get visitation from an angel? He was a man of prayer. And something in his prayers got the very attention of heaven. Keep reading. Verse 11. And this angel said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. So this angel tells him, I've been sent to you. Why was this angel sent to him? Good way to ask. Here we go. Verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, from the very first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard 
And I have come because of your words. So you know why this angel comes to Daniel? Because he was a man of prayer. I believe God will respect that with every one of us. But think about this. This angel says, from the very first day that you started praying, I heard. But now he's in 21 days. And when I look at this, this is a thing that I believe every one of us need to get in our heart. It's a thing called persevering. That he kept on praying and he kept on praying. And just because he may not have seen immediate results, he didn't quit praying. See, a lot of times when we, when we don't see results in the first 30 minutes, it's not working. It's not working. Pastor, I, I prayed for 33 minutes. It's not working. And you look at that and at times I think, well, are we so spoiled because of our society? I mean, I can tell you, you can get microwave popcorn in two minutes and ten seconds on most microwaves. And that's the fact, Jack. I've done that, okay? And we pull up at the ATM. We hit my money cometh. And we pull up at, 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 at McDonald's and we get mad if we don't get our order in 12 seconds. And so here he's telling us some things that he continued to pray. He continued to petition God like this. And because he did... Get this, get this. This angel was dispatched on his behalf. So it was like God got on the PA and said, send an angel down there to help that dude. Does God still do that? Absolutely He does. Let me give you a a New Testament uh, reference of that. In Acts 10, verses 1-4, through there was a man named Cornelius who was an Italian, who was non-Jew. In Acts 10, verse 4, this angel shows up and he says to Cornelius, he said, your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. What was a memorial before God? His prayers and his giving. Giving and praying and serving. Wow! What got heaven's attention the way this man gave and the way this man prayed. But ultimately, if you read Acts 10, you know who it was for? His whole family. He was serving them. He wanted to see them all get born again. And so this angel showed up for Cornelius. I love the thought that says, your prayers came up as a memorial before God. In other words, God takes notice when you pray. And God takes notice when you give. For every one of us in here. Keep reading now. This will answer some things for you. Verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. The prince of Persia, guys, is not a dude. He's not a human being. He's a demon. Okay? And this demon was opposing the things that Daniel was praying for. He was trying to stop it. Does that still happen to this day? Absolutely. It still happens to this day. And so this demon has what we would call a stronghold or a control over this whole region. How many have ever been to a city and you've gone in that city and you think, man, that place seems dark. What happens is when you go in those, all you've got to do is look at certain cities and you'll see characteristics that go along with that city. 
That is because demonic entities have become strongholds over there. And this passage right here, guys, it shows us that demonic armies try to oppose God's will right here on earth. But when we pray, prayer causes the things of God to overcome. And keep reading. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princesses, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Did you get that? And so this one angel is dispatched on behalf of Daniel. He shows up and he said, listen, these, these princes of Persia, they've withheld me so much that God had to bring the big boys down. Now, if you want to know a little bit more about this, this archangel named Michael, Revelation 12, 7 it says that when the devil and the third of the angels were kicked out of heaven, one of them that escorted them out was Daniel. Now, my, my paraphrased edition of Michael, this angel, he's b -b 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 bad to the bone. I'm telling you guys, when he shows up, he's that kick-your-tail angel, okay? And so those demons were like, oh, no, crap horrific, he's here. They understood. This is the point I want to make today right here. Why was these angels and Michael there? Not because of just for the fun. Because this guy prayed. And when we pray, it gets heaven's attention. And the angels come, come to help us out, okay? Now, same chapter. Look with me in verse 18. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man... Touched me and strengthened me. I want you to get a hold of this, okay? Listen again to what this says. Then again, now this is Daniel talking. The one having the likeness of a man, the likeness of a man, he touched me and he strengthened me. The likeness of this was an angel that was in the form of a likeness of, of a man. Does that still happen? Absolutely. Where's that in the New Testament? That's Hebrews 13, 2. And it says that many of you have entertained angels and you were unaware of it. Now listen to this. We come down from the men of iron. There's, there's a man there that he's come for years and years and years. And he sees in the spirit realm incredibly. Now this guy, he played pro football for the Chiefs. And I promise you guys, I saw him the other night and he had this shirt on. His biceps are bigger than my hamstrings. I mean, he's a big dude. So he begins to share with me what was beginning to take place. And listen, guys, he said all the years of the men of iron, this was 20 years this year. He said in all the years of the men of iron, he said, I've never seen as many angels as I did this year. And he said, what was incredible? He said they were all outside for a while, like they were surrounding it. So he said that in the session that I speak, he said he begins to walk during the altar call. And he said he's walking through the auditorium and, and he said he would, see, he would see like men there, like he was looking at Philip. And he would walk up and he said they would look at him and they would go. And he would go a little farther and it's like he'd look at Gino and he said the next one would go. And he said it wasn't like they were all one, two, three, four. They were scattered everywhere. And he said, never in the history have I seen this in the men of iron setting. But he said, you know what I realized? They were angels. They were angels. 
Now listen, the guys who were counting, trying to get numbers, how many were there, they said, our numbers aren't adding up. And he said, you know why? Because a lot of them dudes aren't dudes. They're angels. (laughs) Now you know what you guys say? Pastor, you're on crack. You're smoking too much dope. And I ain't smoking dope. I'm smoking Jesus, okay? I'm telling you. You, 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 can, you can choose to believe the Bible or not. I, I believe stuff like that. Have you ever had an encounter like that? I have one time. And I promise you, after it took place, I went to my wife and I looked and I said, I had angelic visitation. I had, and it was crazy how it happened. Crazy in a good way. I mean, I, 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 I didn't get goosebumps that were feared. I got angel bumps, man. I was like, oh my God. Keep ready. Verse 19. And this angel said, O man greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you, be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Where's that, Pastor? That's Ephesians 6.10 right there. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Now, I'm giving you New Testament references because I want you to see something. Because a lot of times people say, well, that was in the Old Testament. Well, that's New Testament, okay? Now, keep reading here. Verse number 20. Then this angel said, do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to what? Fight with the prince of Persia. And when I've gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Once again, you know what he's telling him? He said, listen, I came because of your prayers, but I've got to fight this prince of Persia. And after I get rid of him, this prince of Greece is going to show up. Where's that at in the New Testament? I'm glad you asked. That's Ephesians 6.12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. This is what this is. And so right here, when you look at this, guys, there's a spiritual war that's going around us all right now. Right now, whether you believe it or not, and it's more active than this place called Earth. I believe if we could see, it would be nuts what's happening up there. But once again, when you begin to read this, guys, we got to pray. God is looking for men and women that will stand in the gap. You know what I say about standing in the gap? you got to become a gapper. You know what a gapper is? You pray for your family. You pray for your nation. You pray for your city. You pray for your wife, your marriage, your home, wherever. You begin to pray. Because guess what? There is a darkness that will overtake if we don't. See, we've almost gotten the mentality sometimes when we pray that it's like a heavenly raffle. It's not. And you can't have that horse race mentality. Well, just a gamble. We'll take number one. That's not how prayer is. When you begin to pray to God, it's not a gamble. You begin to speak in the name of Jesus and you keep speaking and you keep speaking until what? Until victory arrives. Well, what if that takes 20 years? So what if it does? See, God's the one who hears prayer and only God can answer prayer. And I can tell you guys right now, there's things I've been praying about for years and years and years and years and years. And I've got a son, guys, that doesn't serve God like we desire him to. 
But I'm not moved by what he does. I'm only moved by the word of God. The word of God says that the word won't return void. So guess what? Right now, me and my wife, my daughter, we throw an we're throwing grenades of the word at him. I mean, praying for him, blowing him up with the word of God, that the angels are following his, that everywhere he goes, that people are crossing his path, that when he goes to bed at night, the angels are waking up. And I'm telling you, we begin to pray with, a, with an intensity and we loosen God all over him. He doesn't realize he doesn't have a chance. If God be for me, everybody else might as well be. But part of this, guys, is when you pray. And right now, if you sense darkness in your house, and don't raise your hand on this because you're going to get an elbow to the rib. But when you go into your house and everything seems, man, we, we get along great until we walk in our house and then all of a sudden, rah, 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 rah. I'm going to tell you guys, start taking authority over that junk. Start taking authority and say, uh-uh, you, you spirit of division, address it, okay? And begin to speak love, the love of God, and begin to pray blessings. And don't put up with See, that's the problem. Too many times we put up with junk when we've got authority. And that's one of the things God has dealt with me. And guys, I'm telling you, I'm going around, I'm binding, loosing, rebuking, and praying, and shooting all the time in the name of Jesus. I don't put up with that junk anymore. And some of you may say, well, man, what planet are you from? Planet Jesus. Not Hollywood, planet Jesus. Let's pray. Let's begin to stand on these promises. Verse 21. But I will tell you what is noted in the Scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Wow. Can I tell you something right now? Every one of you in this room have angels that are assigned to you. Where's that at? Psalm 91. He's given his angels charge over us. Hebrews 1.14 says that he sent his ministering spirit to the heirs of salvation. If you've been born again, there's angels that are assigned to you. And you know what some of you angels look like? They're sitting back in the recliners in heaven, drinking A&W root beer and eating popcorn. It's boring up here. Dispatch them. Send them out in the name of Jesus. If he said, I've given you angels to take, be encamped about you, and I've sent my ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation, I'm t- they're on go. They're just waiting for us to begin to use them. And every one of us in this room, we've got a prince. And in Isaiah 9, 6, it says our prince is the prince of peace. And his name is Jesus, Okay. And Jesus is aware of every one of us in this room. I don't care who you are. He's aware of us. Now, jump with me to Luke 18. And we're going to wrap this thing up. Maybe. You know what it means when a preacher looks at his watch? Absolutely nothing. Luke 18. Verse 1. Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Always ought to pray and not lose heart. Same chapter, verse 7. And shall God not avenge, defend, or protect who? His own elect who cry out or pray out day and night to him. Though he bears long with them. 
I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. One more passage. Luke 11. Luke 11. Verse number 9. Jesus' words. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Now, in the Greek, every one of those denote a continuous asking, a continuous seeking, and a continuous knocking. Galatians 6, 9 says, don't grow weary in doing good. Okay? You know what that means? There's some days, man, you've just got to say, Lord, strengthen me. Put some fresh faith in me. Put some fresh hope in me, Lord. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep standing. And I'm going to do everything I know to do. And God loves it when we ask. Once again, James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. So you begin to see here, this one man named Daniel, he changed the course of an entire nation. Because he would pray. I believe God's wanting to raise up Daniels and Danielettes right here in this room. I believe He wants to breathe on us again to put a fresh oil in you where you begin to pray. And once again, your, your, your background, you might not have had parents that prayed. Maybe you did. Man, if you did, you carry on the tradition. But if you don't, start now. Begin to start praying and begin to start using your authority in the name of Jesus and begin to stand like any other time in your life. I had a guy in the first service, he said, man, pastor, coming off the mountain, he said, I was flowing in so much peace until. And I said, until what? And he said, I got home. And I looked at him and I said, start using your authority. And you bind up that junk in your house. Where's that at, pastor? That's Matthew 16, 19. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, okay? And if you'll note in there, he said you. And he said you right here on earth. So in other words, you know what Jesus is telling us there? Don't put up with the devil. In the name of Jesus, uh that's not going to happen. Begin to speak the things of God, okay? Begin to pray. And if you don't have a desire to pray, well, let's pray for you. You'll have a desire to that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.